Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today to see if I still Grab her with your robot arms. She can't cut it off. Oh shit, she cut it off. That's alright, we'll give him another one. You're gonna need another robot arm. Random families murdered in the house because of me. This is family. I'm smoldering. Charles. I'm smoldering. <laughs> I'm drunk green. <laughs> yeah, this is the first trailer I saw, and I was like, man, this looks fucking badass. Yeah, this is a great trailer. It's like fucking... Professor X is dying, Wolverine has scars that won't heal. She is a mutant. Logan. In the same way that I like you. We're all metaphors for gay people. The struggles of minorities and gays. Are we still doing that, or are we metaphors for transsexuals now? I don't know. Times, they are changing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. And we are here this week to talk about the brandish new movie, Logan. Yeah, um, a movie that I'm sure is doing extremely well still at the box office. Um, very well received. It's one of those movies that is both a hit with critics and audiences. Um, people are even talking about this as a potential Oscar candidate, which I think is a little over the top. Uh, it, yeah, it's maybe a little top. bit of, um, what's what's the word for it? It's uh, uh, being hyperbolic. Um, but hey, we live in the hyperbolic internet age, so this yes. is what you're going to get. Every movie that came out is the most important movie that's ever come out. Even you have to see Get Out. It's the only movie to get 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Get Out was a good movie, um, but but was it like like the Citizen Kane of um, you know uh, topical uh, racial struggle slash horror films? Uh, certainly not, but it was a very good movie, and it was very cool to see a movie like that made. And I think it's very cool to see a movie like Logan made. Uh, I think Logan is kind of uh, the the product of having a movie like Deadpool come out, yeah. be rated R, and be so successful. And I think that caused uh, studio executives to really like slam on the brakes and start to, to change course and go like, wait a minute, we've, maybe we've been doing it wrong all this time. Um, yeah, there was a there was a whole call to action with uh, Deadpool where they wanted to make more and more rated R superhero movies, and this is essentially the the first one. Yeah, and it, it, it's encouraging to me to see this because I remember as a kid growing up in the eighties and nineties, and you had a lot of hard R action movies where you had tits and blood and violence, scenes of of, of torture. Um, all kinds of like really heavy stuff in these mm-hmm. very exploitative action films. Some of them starring like pretty big names, you know, like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger or 
Sylvester Stallone, big names of the time. Yeah, you would um, see nudity in those movies. You'd see R-rated violence all but the those, time. Those movies were pretty much all garbage. Um, mm-hmm. okay. And so to have a movie like this to where it's like, all right, here is uh, some graphic violence, but also here is some some real characters, some people that you can actually see the the fabric that they're made of and understand exactly who they are as people, especially to have it be characters that you've seen these same actors portray five, six other times. Yeah. Um, but to come in and do it this way and to make them so human and real, but yet have it be a movie based on comic book characters um, with you know extreme stuff like uh, here's a little girl that uh, is a super weapon that's created from mutant clone genes. Uh, that it's being hunted by cybernetic mercenaries. Also, what's the what's the spoiler alert here? Because I, I feel like for this movie, almost the most basic details would be spoilers. Yeah, well, uh, l- let's let's try to get through the first fifteen minutes and only talk about uh, what you can tell from the trailer. Once once you hit the fifteen minute mark on this, you can you can safely assume we're going to get into spoiler territory. So, well, let me let me kind of walk you through the basic setup of this movie, just so you we can all be on the same page here. So we're in the future, the year twenty twenty nine, I believe. This is Trump's America, Trump's future. Well, this is yeah, this is post Trump America. Yeah, um, where things have fallen apart. People and, are, f- uh, are fleeing to Canada. In, in, in this in this version, uh, mutants are actually uh, they're a metaphor for Muslims. Um, <laughs> we've we've hunted Muslims to near extinction, and uh, there's only a couple of Muslims l- left. Um, there's there's a few surviving Muslims, and then there's uh, the Muslim clones that they've created in a lab. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm not exactly. I wasn't exactly following the metaphors as as good as all that while I was, <laughs> while I was watching this. Because they they always we also have trucks that drive themselves, guys. Trucks that drive themselves. <laughs> it was actually really weird. Um, did you notice that part when when you first saw them? I thought something weird had happened uh, with with uh, Charles Xavier, and I thought vehicles were driving backward. Mm. Um, because when you see these trucks, like you notice right away, like, wait a minute, something's off, but, but they actually do take a moment to pause and say like, Hey, check out these things. Isn't it kind of weird? that These are on the road yeah, now. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I thought that was one of the, the, the most profound and best predictions. I think that we're going to have trucks that drive themselves at the rate that we're going right now. Oh yeah. Within the next like 10, 12 years, we and certainly I, will have that. And I that. think that the way that they looked in this movie was almost spot on to how they will actually look. I thought they looked great. It was great design, good, good future stuff. I think by 2029, you really can't expect to see that kind of stuff. But in Trump's America, everything is going to go through pipeline. So, you know, we don't know. We can't tell the real future, <laughs> but I think it's safe to say that it could happen that way. Uh, so in this movie, Wolverine, the former lone wolf, uh, you know, lone guy, guy on his own, the 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 guy who's doing everything by himself, you know, the lone wolf, right? He is taking care of Professor X. He's wheeling him around in his little wheelchair. He's getting him his medicine. He's feeding him, and Professor X is is essentially a incapacitated old man. Who is who? He can barely keep it together. He he needs. Yeah, he's he's really gone downhill. He's in his nineties. He's suffering from dementia, which in 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 a normal um, in a normal person, dementia is going to cause certainly very disruptive problems. 
But with somebody with as powerful of a mind as uh, Professor X, mm-hmm. uh, his dementia can be dangerous, if not outright deadly. Um, so they, they've got to they've got to like kind of keep him in hiding and do a lot of things to keep him from not only being discovered but from causing any sort of destruction. Yeah, and in any kind of mutant movie, any kind of X Men movie, any kind of superhero movie. The fans of the genre, as it were, are always looking for new and interesting ways that the powers of the characters can be expressed in new and interesting ways. And this one, they have a genuine moment of that early on where Professor X is having a seizure. He's having some kind of an episode, and it's this giant psychic earthquake that everyone else is experiencing. And everyone else is finding very harmful and it's up to Wolverine to go in and give him this special medication that only he knows about to stop the seizure. And, I, and, I, and the first time they used that gimmick, I did like it. I liked what they did with it. But as the movie goes on, they use it more times than they should, and it becomes ineffective for me later on. But I, I don't think they overdid it, because um, realistically, it was, it was only in the movie twice. Hmm. Um but there there are hints at like previous events that happened before this movie and uh for me that's that's sort of where i feel like that's something that might have improved this movie a little bit more and i know a lot of people are going to listen to this and if you've seen the movie um you you're probably going to be of the mindset of like what do you mean improve this movie this movie was perfect um and hey if you think this movie was perfect that's that's great um i'm glad you enjoyed it uh, of course, Matt and I, we're, we're, we're pretty cynical, me especially. So we like to try and find faults with movies. And more from like a narrative sort of standpoint, we don't get real technical when it comes to the actual filmmaking. Um, you know, that's, that's just how it is. But uh, for this movie, there's a lot of things done right. And, and I don't want to make it seem like I thought this movie was dog crap or anything like that. Maybe, maybe that's what you, you ultimately feel about it. But having seen, uh, I just recently watched X-Men Apocalypse, and I do want to talk about X-Men Apocalypse. I really want to talk about all the X-Men movies as much as possible. Um, Having seen that, that's how you can go really, really wrong with an X-Men movie. Um, That's that's going almost all the way to uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Not as bad as that, but pretty awful. That's that's Um, funny that you would mention that movie, because there are scenes from this movie... Logan that are straight out of X-Men number three. Like some of the worst parts of X-Men three are in this movie. Too. All right. We'll have to get into that because I didn't feel that at all. Like I remember, I remember for whatever reason, I didn't watch X two, but I did watch X three. I actually Blasphemy. bought a copy of it. That, and that invalidates your whole opinion. That's the best <laughs> X-Men movie. X three is garbage. X two though, that you haven't seen. Is like the best X Men movie. No, I know X Two is the best X Men movie. <laughs> that that's that's kind of like that's the thing X2 to me that I'm surprised. I owned a copy of X Three and never watched X Two, and I hated X Three when I watched it. I was like, this movie is dog shit. Logan though is Logan is is probably you could put it up there and say like, all right, X Two, which I need to watch, but X Two is probably the best X Men movie. But and then Logan would be the second best X Men movie. But is that. Logan the best superhero movie ever? That's how it's being touted online right now. No, and that's just people being hyperbolic. It's new. It's fresh. Everybody feels like really excited about it and kind of. The same thing happened with with the Force Awakens. I feel like most people came out and they were just like, "Oh my god, it was amazing!" I and then after it kind of cooled off, like people 100%. were like, "You know this what? That movie kind of sucked." 
This is the um, exact same as that phenomenon. It was brand new. People were loving it. Um, I, I went into Logan, honestly, in a terrible mood. Uh, I just had this major downer conversation. I was in a terrible mood. And it was definitely to the detriment of my enjoyment of the movie. But I feel like what it really did for me was help to take the rose-colored glasses off of the movie, to take the nostalgia off of the movie and actually see it for what it was. And for me, I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about this movie, but for me, I think this movie was terrible. Unwatchable, just awful. I think the characters, the way they're portrayed in this movie, they don't remind me at all of the characters that I've seen before. The the universe of this movie does not fit, and Manny will agree with me on this one, I think, it doesn't even fit into the normal X-Men timeline. Like, it does not fit in, in with the other movies. Now, hold on. I'm going to have to cut you off there for a second. Go because ahead. While, while I'll sit there and say, like, yeah, this doesn't fit in with, um, you know, the canon of the other X-Men movies, um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, this, this is not an X-Men movie at all. I feel like this is probably the best thing that you could do with an x-men movie at this point since you've already showed so many things and there's a great line in the movie where um where logan pulls out one of uh the little girl's comics laura's comics and she has these x-men comics which is kind of funny to see him in there and he holds them up and he's like he's like most of this stuff isn't even true he's like about a quarter of it happened and it didn't go down like this (laughs) and that's a great line it's like a great way to really sum that up because this is kind of the dark knightization of the X-Men movies. And I do feel like, other than uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, the X-Men movies really tried to sort of bring these uh, superheroes into a uh, realistic oh, yeah. world. A no, world Brian that Singer closely that. mirrors ours. Yeah, he started that whole like trend. But I feel like, more so than any of those X-Men movies, any of the Brian Singer movies... This movie absolutely puts you right into that world, um, uh, right into our world, a world that closely mirrors our own more so than any other movie does. It it does a good job with the mood and the tonality of the movie. Like it's a very somber m- mood, and it, it's good in that it's realistic. But another thing I got to dock this movie for big time was. It's such a joyless movie. There's not a lot of laughs in the movie. Now, I wasn't in the movie. There's to... some. There are some yeah, laughs. There's some. there's some lighthearted moments. I know but, that. But, but I, even I when wasn't it gives in you... the mood to laugh when it was on, but I looked at you, I looked at the other people that were there, and the other people in the theater, no one was laughing, at least in the first 45 minutes, there wasn't a single laugh. Oh, yeah, I can tell you um, Get Out has way more comedy in it than this movie does. Mm. Comedy's um, a but, very but important are, thing. There are some funny moments to this movie. Um, they're yeah. very few and far between. <laughs> There's, it's a feel bad movie. It's a real good feel bad movie. You know. Right, if, so when can we get into spoilers? You're not yet. Um, We're 18 minutes in. Well, well no, this isn't quite accurate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, never uh, mind. Scratch delete that. that. Delete, delete that. Delete that. Part. Edit that out. <laughs> uh, no. All right. So. Here's what I'll say is I'm going to go with – I'm going to recommend anybody go and watch this movie. It's a great date movie, uh, especially if you like feel bad stuff and (laughs) you've been dating whoever you're with long enough that they're going to go watch a good feel bad movie with you. Um, Definitely go and watch this. Otherwise, like you can't go wrong with with renting this whenever it becomes available for rental 
watching it at home. It's a beautiful looking movie, um, and it's a great send off for the character of Wolverine, as well as the character of Charles Xavier, as played as portrayed by uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, and honestly, Spoiler. I really, I really hope that they don't make another goddamn X Men movie. Um, they will. Because yeah, they they the probably Gambit will. hasn't even made his movie yet. Yeah, X Men Origins, Gambit, X Men Origins, uh, Nightcrawler. Well, Channing Tatum has already agreed to be Gambit, but no movie has came out yet with Gambit. Uh, here's my immediate reaction to that. <laughs> and I like Channing Tatum. I love the Twenty One Jump Street movies. Yeah. Stick to doing those movies, bro. I, I don't um, see... don't become the next Taylor Kitsch, Channing yeah, Tatum. I know. We already have one Taylor Kitsch, and that's too much Taylor Kitsch. And for in in my opinion. For me, um, this movie makes a mistake that is just, it's laughable, and I'm going to laugh at it. You know, the henchman in this movie, the main bad guy in this movie, it's like they never learn their lesson with Wolverine. It's like, here's a guy... They never learn their lesson with any of these goddamn superhero know, movies. But... They always introduce you to villains that you're just like, you, you know that the villain is going to get toppled. And the only time you watched a movie, a superhero movie, and you had any question about that was The Dark Knight. And it was almost to the point to where it was, it was a Sopranos sort of thing where you didn't want to see this bad guy get toppled because it was so much goddamn fun to watch him. And it's like if you're going to have a bad guy that's ultimately going to get bested by your main character, have somebody that's fun and entertaining to watch. And Doyle, or whatever his name was, <laughs> In is this not. Movie? Yeah. Pierce. 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 Well, let, me, let me just throw out a better plan. I'll just throw one out there. Here's a plan that would have been better had the bad guy had this plan. Go in there, beat up Wolverine because he's an old man, right? Throw some crowbars at him. You know, you get a few jabs, like hit him a couple of times. <laughs> you just got a bag full of crowbars. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Hammer Brothers and the yeah. Mario Brothers, except <laughs> exactly. it's the Crowbar Brothers. Yeah, just go in there, crowbar him, hit him in the face, piss him off, you know? And then he makes that, and then he makes that mean face. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right when he does that, you turn on your giant electromagnetic crane that you have right above it. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do Breaking Bad, what, was it season four? Yeah. Where, where they have the magnet in the side of the truck? <laughs> yeah. He gets stuck to the truck? Yeah. So he's stuck to this crazy electromagnet. <laughs> Maybe they've already done that in a Wolverine movie, and I'm, I'm not remembering. <laughs> but, you know, you have him attached to a giant Magnets, magnet. Wolverine's biggest enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the bad guy give a smarmy speech about how, I studied your history, Wolverine. I know that Magneto was your greatest enemy, so I decided to emulate his best power with the magnet. <laughs> that literally would have been a better plan than the plan they had. Their plan... Okay, the main bad guy, first of all, he was missing an entire arm, so we have to assume that Wolverine or someone just well, like Well, he's him a reaver. Has uh, already, he's, he's part of a, a team of... Re and, and these are these Are, are those actual... guys that pick up landmines? No, no. <laughs> Yes. What's well, a reaver? <laughs> they're they're all former landmine specialists. <laughs> Is this landmine active? <laughs> <laughs> landmine landmine disposal and, and, and bomb disposal specialist. After serving two tours in the landmine division, I moved out of reaver in. Why, what is a reaver? I never heard he's of like, that. He's like, I'm lucky. <laughs> Some of the other guys lost an arm and a leg. <laughs> this job One cost guy lost a whole head. <laughs> this job cost me an arm and a leg. Literally. <laughs> but now I got this badass robot arm. 
I can throw a fastball about 125 miles an hour. And you know, as the uh, to spoil the movie a little he bit, he also lost a tooth though. He had to he had to get his tooth replaced with the with a cybernetic gold tooth. Well, my my friend Danny that I saw the movie with, he has a gold tooth, and it's not permanent. It comes in and out. So I, I got to <laughs> think that it could have just been fashion. It's just a fashion choice. Yeah. The arm is functional. The tooth is fashionable. <laughs> yeah, so no, Reavers, Reavers were in the comic and, and uh, sort of the storyline in that is the Reavers. There was actually people that were really excited to hear that they're going to have the Reavers. And after watching the movie, I'm like, why? Like, there, there must have been something in the comics that made them seem like way cooler and more badass than they're portrayed in this movie. <laughs> and and we're going to start going full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, then then go ahead and but pause It's just this, hard to talk the about the back. movie without spoilers. Because... Yeah. Well, people have already gotten kind of our, our feelings on the movie, so they know. Uh, yeah. If they trust you, they're not going to watch the movie. If they're smart, then they trust me, and they're going to watch the movie and enjoy it. I mean, you can, you can watch the movie either way. Like, have your own opinion. I just, I think it's going to be another Force Awakens where once the rose-colored glasses wears off, people are going to realize, like, hey, this actually isn't that good of a movie. It's very moody, but it, it isn't good. The, the plot lines are all super, they're, they're, they're borrowed from other movies, you know. I don't. We'll get to that later on, like how borrowed they are. But yeah, everything but, um, is borrowed from a better movie, and that, that's not a good sign. Well, and and that's sort of how you feel about it. I I, I mildly agree with you on that point, uh, but I do feel like uh, this this movie might be derivative in some places, but it really does. Um, it, it's so weird because it has like it has a little bit of like Little Miss Sunshine in the movie's DNA. But yet, it's a movie where you you have several scenes of of Wolverine and um, clone Wolverine and a little girl clone Wolverine, like yeah. slashing people's throats open, sticking their claws right into people's fucking skulls, like stabbing them yeah. up through the chin as someone's looking at the claws coming at them. Like it's very graphic. Yeah. Um, I, I also I want to make a comment about the. It's, it's, the our nature of it because I heard a lot of stuff going into it about how the stabbings to the head and all that stuff. To me, it wasn't any more effective than the PG thirteen stabbings. Not not a bit. Well, I think there's a little bit more satisfaction in the fact that it does bother to show you um, somewhat what the real life repercussions of having a super strong being like slashing people with arm swords. Right in the fucking face, um, you know, which which you need for these movies, because otherwise you can't you can't get into them, you can't take them seriously if you're just like all of this is pretend. Like when when someone gets like slashed and stabbed, and either there's no blood or um, you know, like in Ninja Assassin, the blood doesn't even fucking look real. You know, then then it's something to where it's like it takes you totally out of the movie because you're like. Well, what's the point of watching this crap if uh, none of this is actually real? If I can tell all of it's fake, like, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like doing the haunted hayride. You're like, I'm not scared by any of this because I know none of this is real. Nothing's going to happen. There's no repercussions. Yeah. I've never been able to do a haunted hayride because I knew that, that it would not scare me at all. And I would just, I would be like the worst person to have there. I'm just too much of a skeptic. Yeah, and that's how I feel about like a lot of these like superhero movies. I, I didn't watch the first Avengers when it came out. Have I watched you, the second Avengers. Have you, you haven't seen it? No, I, I well, okay, I didn't watch it in the theaters when it came out. I did watch it eventually when it came to Netflix. Yeah, um, but I didn't watch. I, I did watch the second Avengers in the theaters, uh, and that's because my girlfriend wanted to see it. And 
I, I was just bored by it. I was yeah. like, I, nobody, nobody that I care about in this movie is going to die. Right. If they do, I'm not going to give a shit if they die because they're not a real person. Whereas with this movie, like, um, and again, we're in full spoiler territory. So if you're still listening at this point, you hear something that you didn't want to hear because you haven't watched the movie yet. It's all on you, bro. But um, when uh, when Xavier bites it, like that was a part to where I was just like, oh fuck, like, mm-hmm. and like I could feel the character's emotion in that moment. You know, not not Charles Xavier's, but but Logan's emotion. Where he's sitting there, and basically at this point, like he had been pretending that that uh, Professor X was his dad for this family, and now he's sitting there, and you could tell that he looked at him as like, this is the only father that I've known for this portion of my life, and now he's fucking gone. Like one of the few things that Logan was holding on to in this world is now gone, yeah. and now he's having to question like everything that he's done that's brought him to this point. And I could personally feel that emotional well, weight. I feel like putting all that symbolism and weight on it is more than the movie was actually doing itself. But I, I get the way you're saying it right now. I, I totally get that. And I feel like Professor X definitely represented for him that period of, of time in his life. It represented all of the X-Men. I mean, without Professor X, there are no X-Men. You know? Yeah. So I, I get that. Well, and he even has a line where he says to him, he's like, he's like, you know, when we found you, you you were an animal, and we turned you into a man. We made you, you know, I don't know yeah. why he has um, a fucking uh, uh, <laughs> Bane voice right now. But you were a bare knuckle boxer. <laughs> Rent the 1997 Brian Singer Jim X-Men, now available on Google Play. <laughs> but yeah, he does have this speech to where he's like, He's trying to motivate Logan, um, and and he's trying to manipulate him. But at the same time, he's, you know, like that's that's one of uh, Professor Xavier's greatest talents was his psychology. Yeah. Well, not so much manipulation, um, <laughs> more so that he was like, he was like trying to be like, hey, find the hero within you and use that and use that to work together as a team and to benefit humanity, because. Professor Xavier's whole thing was like, look, the rest of the world's going to view us as weapons, but what we are is we are benefits to society because we can do things that no other people can do, and let's show them, let's remind them every single chance that we get that we can be heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in some sort of like egotistical way like they do in the fucking Zack Snyder uh, Superman movies, but it's more like, hey, here's somebody who's selflessly going to put themselves in dangerous way because they can do things that other people can't and i know a lot of people like talk about how the uh x-men movies are all a metaphor and and really the x-men comics were all a metaphor for um you know how ostracized the 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 gay community is lgbtq well to Um, be to be full to full disclosure it was metaphors for being black metaphors for being yeah racial struggles i mean really the struggles of being any kind of minority yeah minority struggles but but for me my problem with that has always been the fact that um you know minorities uh, maybe you could say this about the way that people viewed black black people in the 1970s when they became more militaristic, you know, um, with the Black Panthers. Uh, But that was all a response to uh, white terrorism in the first place. Um, And to take it a step further, all the mutants in the X-Men comics, 
they all have the abilities to basically wipe out entire cities just by themselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's understandable that society would view them fearfully and be paranoid of what they could accomplish. And this movie sums it up really well with Professor Xavier having one of his seizures in the middle of Oklahoma City and basically like takes out five blocks of people and probably kills a couple dozen people. Uh, because he causes people that are driving their vehicle, and as long as they're within his psych- psychic range, like they're paralyzed, and their car keeps moving, and you see cars smash into each other. I think you see somebody actually get run over by a runaway car. Um, and the only person who can still fight through it is Wolverine, just because of his healing abilities and his super strength. Yeah, and that, that's another thing. You know, Wolverine... He he's like a shadow of his former self in this, and it it to which me which I love. I love seeing like like that's one of the things like this movie does so well. What uh, the Dark Knight Rises really failed at, which is showing an over the hill superhero, tr- like like be forced into trying to save the day one last time but it was the same old bit where it's like yeah he's beat up and he's tired he's worthless until he's really 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 mad and then once he gets mad enough then he can finally start killing everybody but you do see it every single time that he does that it takes a lot out of him in trump's america everyone is going to be an uber driver Except for the self-driving cars. No, Trump's going to really run into a problem because we're going to get self-driving vehicles and the first companies that are going to introduce those are going to be Uber and Lyft, which they already have self-driving vehicles out on the road and they're going to get more and more of them. So first it's going to be Uber and Lyft, um, then it's going to be taxi companies, and then it's going to be trucking companies, and then you're going to have millions of people that are now out of work. Because the one job that they do, they can't do anymore. Then at a certain point, you'll get on your app, you'll call for a driver, and Wolverine will pull up. I'll be like, where to, bub? (laughs) Where do you want me to take you to? (laughs) And he's going to be fucking sipping out of his little plastic (laughs) liquor bottle the whole time. That that was something that I loved, too, was was showing him uh, being a a stinky, dried-up drunk. And then once his mission really starts in this movie, you don't see him fucking drink again. Which I thought was really fucking. Um, that was that was a nice little story touch for me. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that they make it a point to really show that he starts and ends ends his day getting fucking wasted, uh, and part of that's because he's in such fucking pain because of the adamantium poisoning. His skeleton, yeah, the adamantium coating that they put on his skeleton is fucking killing him, yeah. Um, which I think makes at least a little bit of sense, which is good. But I don't feel like it makes sense in terms of, you know, you've got this guy who he knows exactly what's killing him. It's the animanium. Like, he's not really dying to me. It's like his his animanium is making him weaker and weaker and weaker. And, you know, obviously what he needs to do is get the animanium taken out of him somehow. Which, you know, very famously it happens once or maybe even a couple of times in the comic books where Magneto strips it out of him. And, you know, I'm guessing this is a future where Magneto doesn't exist or whatnot. But what he really needs to be focused on is, like, how can I get this this animanium ripped out of me? He already knows that that's his problem. To me, that would be a better movie if if he was trying to seek some sort of treatment for that. And even if he failed to get that treatment at the end, like, if that was 
his goal. I think that would be a better goal. There's times in this movie where it's so aimless. There's one point where they're just driving around him and this little girl that we barely got to meet who doesn't start talking until every other character in the movie dies. And finally she's <laughs> and like, they're like, they're like, well, fuck. <laughs> Logan's got to have somebody to talk to. All right. Not only does this girl speak, but she also speaks English as well as she speaks Spanish, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, because she hasn't spoken a word the whole movie. So, And then when she does start speaking, she only speaks Spanish. And I was like, oh, they're going to do this thing where she's going to just speak in Spanish. And then you're going to have like Logan trying to teach her to speak English. And then he's going to learn a little bit of Spanish. And they're going to be going. And no, right away they're like, they're like nah, she speaks English. She, and, she can speak English. And also, I saw it uh, in, the, uh, in the Spanish part of town, as it were, Van Nuys. Probably 80% of the people in that theater spoke Spanish. I don't. But um, I, was I was part ex- of the eighty percent. I was ex- yo hablo español. <laughs> I was expecting everyone in the theater to laugh whenever she spoke Spanish. No one laughed. Like there's no jokes. Not even Spanish. no. Eileen laughed. Eileen laughed a little bit. <laughs> she she started chuckling. But like Eileen's whole thing was like she's like at first it was kind of funny when the little girl started speaking and then I, right away I was just like she was like I was just like Logan. I was like shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> But the, there's one point in the movie where they're driving around aimlessly, and he's like, you want to go to North Dakota? Fine! Let's go to North Dakota! And it's like, out of fucking nowhere, it's like, the plot of this movie is, it's never driving in like a simple It's a road direction. trip movie. It's a road trip movie. <laughs> like, it's a road trip movie with an incredible amount of violence. I just want a plot movie. Uh, there, there's also a sequence. Well, it does have a plot, and I think, I think they, I think toward the, the end of the movie, they muddied it up a little bit too much once it turns into the uh, the last act of um, Mad Max uh, uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. And Beyond know, once, Thunderdome. Once, once Logan better. becomes Captain Walker. Captain Walker. Captain Walker. Listen, uh, what about the knowing and the seeing? Oh, Captain Walker. I love that part of that movie. <laughs> what, what do they say? They're like, they're like in the way up high or whatever. <laughs> In the way, in the way high. No, I, I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it. But flies to North Dakota, Captain Walker. No, Captain Walker's going down in his plane. Oh, Captain Walker. <laughs> like I was kind of when they all had them together in their little uh, their little cabin. Which who fucking built that? Did they build that themselves? I mean, I guess they could because they have mutant powers. They're the uh, the little orphan uh, weapons. Well, what's happening in the movie is that there's a group of experimental mutants, which I feel like they've done this in every single Wolverine plot of every single Wolverine movie, even the mainstay movies. It's like all this bullshit uh, about experiments. We're going we're gonna to make a super weapon. Uh, we're we're going to take uh, school children and, and we're going to make them deadly weapons. Morty. And we're, we're, we're going to charge countries uh, millions of dollars Morty, to, to got, have them fight for us. I got this great idea. We're, we're going to take these mutants and we're, we're, we're going to manipulate them. Morty! <laughs> Morty, we're we're gonna weaponize orphans. Uh, we're gonna take uh, uh, Mexican hookers and impregnate them with uh, clones of 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 X Men. We're gonna make them super weapons, Morty. Uh, we're gonna make a billion dollars. It's gonna be huge, Morty. We've got all this DNA on, on file, Morty. All, all this great DNA. We're gonna take the DNA, Rick. We're gonna make clones. I don't think that's such a good idea. Uh, then we're gonna have this whole army, and uh, once we get you this gotta army, you gotta teach these kids how to read and write, Rick. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you gotta get them driver's license, Rick. What about me, Rick? What if 
all the things I want to do. You know, you're you're always running off on these crazy adventures, making mutants. And whoa, 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 what about what I want? Rick, you, you gave me this robot arm, and you told me I gotta go chase these these little uh, little antigen mutant achievers down, uh, Rick. <laughs> That's basically like. I, I got to give it this. It's at least more uh, plausible than the whole bit in Jurassic World about um, uh, we're going to take uh, dinosaurs and we're going to make dinosaurs uh, super soldiers, Morty. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to make a billion million dollars, Morty. Uh, Velociraptors. No, no, wait. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, 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 wait. Uh, uh, the Indominus Rex, Morty. It's gonna be amazing, Morty. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it is. I you suppose. spend more money creating these fucking things and growing them than you ever will make actually using and selling them. Well, and with Jurassic Park, it was the point was totally moot because the whole idea is to create animals that actually lived, like not to create these crazy mutant hybrids that never lived. Yeah, that that that's not the premise at all. Yeah, people are like, uh, yeah, I, I want to pay m- money to to see your fucking abomination of nature. Like fucking, <laughs> we, we we live in a time when women can't get certain um, uh, uh, health um, procedures because it offends certain religious people. You're you're, you're going to be like, oh no, but people are going to pay thousands of dollars to go see fucking. These abominations of science uh, <laughs> roaming around and killing each other and uh, getting close enough to get their faces clawed off by these fucking things. Like, look, like, we live in a time, like, fucking uh, Iron Man 2 got it right. Yeah. Iron Man 2 was like, look, we got this drone technology. We don't have to send people on the front lines. We'll send these fucking machines. And when they kill the machines, we'll make more machines. And more machines. And more machines. And then war machine. No, Morty. What you gotta do is you gotta weaponize dinosaurs. And you gotta weaponize children. And when that doesn't work, you gotta build a wolverine uh, piece by piece, Morty. You build your own wolverine and then you Ikea it together, Morty. Rick, uh, I don't know. What if you can't control him? Uh, no, trust me, Morty. He, he listens to me. He's, he's my friend, Morty. He's my, my pal. Shing, shing, shing. Ah! <laughs> Morty, quick. Sew my arms back on my body. Uh, he cut off my arms and legs, Morty. Mm, I'm bleeding out, Morty. Oh, God. Everything's going so dark, Morty. It's so cold, Morty. Put a, put a blanket on me, Morty. Oh, God, Rick. You're bleeding all over the place. Right, but, uh, Morty, <laughs> how did this podcast get so far off topic? Uh, how did this turn into an episode of Grandma's Virginity, M- Morty? <laughs> well, well, another... <laughs> we should fucking get the ding-dong going. <laughs> Maybe we can get psychic abilities in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mix nuts! <laughs> <laughs> before, we, before we do that, I, uh, I still want to comment on the fact that Wolverine drives a car for a living of all the things that he drives a limo though sure of all the things that wolverine could a do a fucking crazy looking chrysler which is funny because right now I, i'm actually working um well i shouldn't say but 
but, but yeah, it's anyway. kind of it's kind of neat for me watching all these movies and TV shows and going like, oh, there's a ram and there's a jeep and there's a Chrysler. Like, like I'm seeing like notice how many times you notice a an FCA vehicle in a movie, um, and, and and every time I see it, to me, I'm just like, hmm, noted, noted, <laughs> noted. Well, okay, so of all the things that Wolverine could do with his incredible healing ability, his incredible. Ability to be like a loner. Like, he'd be a better movie projectionist than he would be a limo driver. <laughs> like, he's a guy who loves to sit alone. Well, you said he would be a great butcher, and I'd love to see that. <laughs> Logan working as a fucking butcher. Yeah, he'd be a great butcher. He'd be a great... <laughs> he can't find the knife, and he's like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that would be the, that'd be the that'd be the whole thing. He'd be like, there's no more sharp knives. He's like, ugh. <clears throat> I, I found a way to cut it. <laughs> They're like, what kind of knife did you use for this? The cut. It's so precise. <laughs> was there was there a scene where he was like sharpening his claws in the movie? No, there was that great scene where he's trying to um it because of his arthritis or whatever he's got going on, one of his claws won't come out. And so he's got to grab it with his hand and he's cutting his own hand open trying to yank this claw out. Because I guess it's like a cat to where he's got to like get him to regularly like poke out or whatever. Um, or it's like Bob Dole with erectile dysfunction. It's like he just can't get it up, you know. You had to go there, man. But no, that was one of the things I really appreciated about this movie was uh, you, you have these movies where you're like, well, what about let's, let's portray the X-Men in as realistic a world as possible. And this movie goes f- way further than any of the others. Um because this is one of the few movies that bothers to show that when every single time that Wolverine tries to um, to, to uh, extend his claws, it has to cut through the skin on his hand, and then over time, like that, basically like creates this festering wound that pusses up, and like Wolverine's doing, Logan's doing such a terrible job of taking care of himself, you know, like. I mean, this dude hasn't been fucking laid in a long time. Mm-hmm, no. And then another thing that irks me about this movie is that there's a character that comes around early on to like try to give him work. Like he he wants to drive a car for a living, which literally makes no sense for a He's character. He's trying to like buy this Wolverine. boat, which you said is a trope <laughs> that you've seen in countless other movies. Yeah. He's like he's like I'm saving up to buy this boat. One more and and what he's planning to do is he's he's got this adamantium bullet. Major spoilers here. He's got this adamantium coated bullet. But where did he? How do you coat? Which is a perfect. Metal based you, on if you adamantium. show an adamantium coated bullet in the first act, it has to be shot in the third act. And this movie fucking does that. Credit to this movie for doing. But that. discredit to this movie because they pull the ultra lame, ultra tired. T-1000 ending of this movie where another Wolverine comes out. Another <laughs> Hugh Jackman Wolverine comes out. Oh, and he has to Morty, fight. We gotta, we gotta use this old beat-up uh, Wolverine to, to beat up and kill this new, fancy, stronger, younger Wolverine. I don't know, Rick. That doesn't sound like such a great idea. Yeah, it's a sexier Wolverine. Like, why don't it's you younger just... and hotter, but the older, uh, grosser, more beat-up Wolverine, he's got to kill him, Morty. Well, he's got to take him out. Why don't you just create, like, more There's no time for that, Morty. He's got to do it. Why don't you just make, like, a more powerful mutant that's going to, like, Morty, there's no there time. Like, we got to do it. Like, fight harder or be better. Morty! Old Wolverine's got to win. It's old Wolverine's movie. It's not young Wolverine. I don't, that doesn't really make any Morty, sense, Rick. 
That doesn't you make remember, any sense. You remember the adamantium bullet that we showed in the first act? You gotta put it in the gun, Morty. You gotta blow half his fucking head off. I don't you know. You gotta shoot him. It's the only way, Morty. It seems like he's dying already. Like, what are you You gotta do it, Morty. And he can regenerate. He'll come back. It's just like putting a little bit more animanium in his body will kill him. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, did you ever watch X-Men Apocalypse? I did. I rented it. The same day I rented Sausage Party. <laughs> it was the worst double feature I've ever seen in my life. It was unbearably bad. All right, so Sausage Party is now on Netflix, um, which is perfect because... People um, raved about it, but honestly, it's terrible. It's awful. Um, <laughs> you saw it too? I tried to watch People it. People raved about that one just like they're raving about Logan. No, no, no. Logan is a far better movie than, than either of those movies. And that's kind of the interesting thing is I, I, I like Logan as a contrast to X-Men Apocalypse because X-Men Apocalypse is the... We're going to do a spectacle um, of, of these movies. And it's so funny. The best thing about watching X-Men Apocalypse is watching all of Jennifer Lawrence's parts and just seeing how little of a fuck she gives about being it's in so this goddamn evident. movie. It's so evident from that movie. The speech she gives at the end is fucking amazing. Because she's just like... like it, it, it's, better, it's better than the speech that uh, Al Pacino gives at the end of Any Given Sunday... Um, cause like at least Al Pacino in that movie, like he's, he's being fucking maximum Al Pacino and he's fucking bringing it. Whereas Jennifer Lawrence at the fucking end of X-Men Apocalypse, she's just like, oh God damn it. This is my last day of shooting and I don't want to do multiple takes. So here's all my lines as flat as possible. I don't give a fuck. I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. I'm never wearing this blue bullshit again. Fuck you guys, I'm out. And that's basically her speech. When you add up all those inches, <laughs> that's going to be the difference between winning and losing. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. Because we're going to fight for that inch. 30 minutes separates you boys, you men, from your destiny. <laughs> at least, at least he didn't have uh, the same uh, the same voice that uh, Forrest Whitaker did in uh, Rogue One, where he's like, uh, "You're gonna kill me." Uh. All right. So, final thoughts on Logan. I'll go first. Uh, I did like the moodiness and the realness of the movie. I did like. Uh, Mostly for the for the most part, how Hugh Jackman portrayed the character of Wolverine. His acting was a hundred percent on point. Uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, even though he played a different character that he's ever played before, it was not the same Professor X. I thought this take on this other character that wasn't Professor X was good, but ultimately I didn't feel like it fit into the canon of the X Men. This is not a fitting ending for Patrick Stewart's character of Professor Xavier or for Wolverine. I don't believe for a second, I'll predict it right here, right now, I don't believe for a second that Hugh Jackman's never going to play Wolverine again. I think he might take a five-year break from the character. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> but he will be, be, he will be back. I think the old man Logan platform will be back which i think it's a good platform to make some more movies 
And I, I felt like they could have given us a straightforward plot that would have been enjoyable to see a straightforward plot with a good bad guy. Just what every movie needs. A straightforward plot, a good bad guy, a nice simple arc. You know, we've had the same arc for for Logan for so many movies. Let, let's do a different arc, you know. I'd love to see an arc where he's actually trying to get the animanium taken out of him. I'd like to see an arc where he's trying to repeal... Uh, Wait, isn't that <laughs> what they did in um, in uh, The Wolverine? Didn't they like take away like his mutant healing ability? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not that. I didn't say he that. wanted to be mortal again. I didn't say take that away though. I said also, isn't Wolverine kind of like the Superman of the Marvel universe? It's like he cannot die. I mean, sort of like that, and that's that's kind of like <clears throat> ultimately my problem with uh, these with these superhero movies is that. If you're going to show these people with these incredible abilities, the way to balance that out is to show the negative effects that those abilities have on their lives and not just like, oh, I think you're all weird because you have this like ability to freeze stuff or like to shoot flames out of your fingertips. Like, um, man, if you watch this, uh, this show called The Venture Brothers, uh, they have an episode where they do they do all these takes on like different like superhero tropes and they have an episode where they first introduce their version of the Fantastic 4 and when they introduce uh Johnny Storm it's great because it's this guy that uh they have to keep him in this oxygen um oxygen free environment because anytime he's exposed to oxygen he he basically like bursts into flames and then he screams because he feels like he's burning alive. What movie is that? Uh, this is the Venture Brothers. It's a cartoon series on Adult Swim. Um, it's one of my one of my favorite goddamn shows of all time. Um, but it's stuff like that to where it, there's there's a drawback to having these powers. So like for Wolverine, it's it's you know his claws. Like every time he um, extends his claws, it rips the skin on his hands. Um, and so that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, but, but you have like, even in watching X2, as good as everyone says X2 is, there's not this display of like, here's the negative side to these people having these powers. Again, yeah, they show that they're ostracized from the world at large, but when you can sit there and control something like fire, or if you can turn things to ice, just with sheer willpower, if you can control people with your mind, you're a god at that point. Like, that's such a transcendent ability that nobody can touch you. And, like, that's the whole thing. Is like they try to, like, display, like, people fear them because of this power, but they display it almost in a way that's, like, they're so misunderstood, but it's just like, no, you should be afraid of somebody that can fucking freeze the entire room around you and turn your body into a solid block of ice because that's, you can terrorize an entire nation with that ability. You as one individual, when you get a whole bunch of you together and it's like, you can burn people alive, you can freeze people solid, you can make people's minds fucking collapse in on themselves and then this guy not only can he rip people to shreds because he's got bone claws that are covered in metal but also you can't kill him because he fucking heals but you got to appreciate that we all have that ability you can kill a room full of people you can do damage 
I mean, you especially, you're crazy, you know, but we let you live in free society. We say, hey, he's going to have the compassion. But I don't have mutant healing ability, <laughs> you know? I can't levitate. I can't move metal with but my mind. We all can end life if we want to. I can just fucking go in wolvie berserker mode and start attacking people, but I can be stopped. But we all can do that. We can all kill people. We can all harm people. That's the difference, though, is, like, we're all mortals. Even even if you take the most badass uh, Navy SEAL, uh, trained assassin, you know, all those people are mortal. They can be stopped. Whereas um, with, with these mutant characters, mm-hmm. you know, we're watching the beginning to X2, and you have Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler takes out the entire Secret Service. And yeah. the only reason he gets stopped is because they needed that dramatic tension of him slowly drawing out his knife just long enough yeah. for one of the Secret Service members to be like, oh, wait, I'm not dead. I can shoot this guy. Bang! Yeah. No, Spoilers for the opening of X2 if you haven't watched it. All right, so that's been our review slash talk about Logan. This has been Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. Uh, I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to it. And definitely go watch Logan. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. And there's a there's a great little uh, uh, promo for Deadpool 2 that I actually thought was the opening to Logan. And it threw me way off. Hands but... down better than the entire movie of Logan, I have to say. It had gags. It had bits. It had a purpose. Better. Well, and and that's Matt's opinion, and of course, as always, Matt's opinion is wrong, so uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. Thanks, guys, Um, for listening. Send us any of your feedback if you think uh, Matt sucks, um, and if you love me and you want to send me some fan art, uh, sequelitispodcast at gmail.com. Or if you feel like Manny sucks, which is much more accurate, and that Matt's opinion is always right, you can also send that to sequelitispodcast at gmail.com. Or any comments or anything you guys would like us to talk about. And there's a Twitter and there's an Instagram and a Facebook page. Sometimes we check those things. Uh, you can find them. If you guys are listening to this, you know how Google works. So, Sequelitis, thanks. Google us, we're out. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives. All comes down to today. Either we heal as a team, or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy 
who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. As football guys, that's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? dust and fearsome time. It were full-on winter, and Mr. Dead chasing them all, but one he couldn't catch. That were Captain Walker. He gathers up a gang, takes to the air, and flies the sky. So they left their homes, said bye-bye to the high scrapers, and what were left of the Noah, they left behind. Some say the wind just stoppered. Others reckon it were a gang called Turbulence. Remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Then Captain Walker picked them of an age, and good for a long haul. They counted twenty, and that with them, the great leaving. They said bye-bye to them what they'd birthed, and from out of the nothing, they looked back, and Captain Walker hollered, wait! One of us will come. Wait! One of us will come! And somebody did come. Heartful to you, Captain Walker. We's ready now. Take us home. <laughs> <laughs> 